That's where I shot him the last time, right in the spine. I figured I'd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, everybody? That's Eric Barber <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> Hello, and everybody. Coming in hot. <laughs> we'll start over. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm good. Leaving it. Let's go. Uh, Rocking and rolling. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my. We're gonna leave that in because I did like that. And then you know, we'll a uh, little foreshadowing on uh, what's on the old table right here. Yeah. But uh, what's up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. Ryan Muck and Hearn across from me. Also joined by you heard him, Mr. Eric Barber. Guys, one thing I love about oh. the podcast. Is I didn't get an intro. Yeah. I said Jim to my right. Oh, did you? I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. It was well, really, it was really kind of. It'd be my yeah. Let's rewind that a little bit. If I apologize, Jim, I acknowledge that if I didn't say that, uh, I realize I, I haven't apologize. been here for a hunting episode in a while. So you just have. Well, you're going to be here for this one, obviously, right? As well as a follow up. Where I was, what I was saying is, what I love about the podcast still doesn't introduce you. Yeah, Go on, it's fine. Jim's I think here. people are aware that Jim is here by now. Oh, okay. And if you think that they don't know that, then, Ryan, I feel like you are insulting their intelligence. It's gone a while since we had those comments about Jim and Mark fighting. And here it is. Yeah, why are you coming back? back. Yeah. Why are you trying to get that going again? <laughs> As I was saying for the third time, one thing I love about the podcast is uh, it's kind of, uh, we talk about things around the office, then we get excited about it, then we get an idea, and we're like, well, we should talk about that on the podcast. We're going to talk today about calling coons. Mm. And what I'd say is, none of us are, I would say, expert coon callers. Negative. But Mm. we have some experience, and we are excited about it. And this conversation, because we're having it and having it publicly, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So now we have to go. Mm-hmm. Like we're pot committed. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like we've done, we're doing this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to say that we're going to go do this. It's our New Year's resolution. It's, it's one of them. And uh, then we're going to go. So then it like forces us to go do something fun together. There. I'm in. There. Need, I said it. We needed there. to be forced to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, with work and families and holidays and time of year and all the things, sometimes you got to give yourself at least some sort of, you know, nudge off the old diving board. So, yes, so we have a uh, a raccoon rug on the table, Eric. What a specimen, too. He's a big one. Not too many people rug their raccoons. No, this was a first for me. And, uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I so back backstory on this. I worked at Gander Mountain in uh, high school and college, and there was a raccoon rug at the location that I worked at, and I always wanted one. Yeah. And when I called this guy, or when I lured this guy out of the garage and put a twenty-two <laughs> round into him, I knew exactly what I was going to do with him. <laughs> you said this is a memory that I want to <laughs> preserve for the rest of my life. The old garage rat. Yep. This is- yep. Hey, you know what? I think if you've lived anywhere where there's raccoons, you've eventually had kind of a problem raccoon around the house. This was him. That's true. Yep, to to really quote is. Mark Boardman, hey, you got him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. The where in the house is not important. No, that's cool. Uh, back to calling coons. Yeah. Eric, you've done a little bit of coon calling. Yeah. Let's talk about your, your experiences. So I did most of it when I lived in Iowa, and I've, I... That 
country is a little bit easier, more conducive to raccoon calling because there's a lot of creeks, a lot of river bottoms, and there is more limited timber than like what we have up here in Wisconsin. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, so, for example, you can go into a creek bed that is, you know, maybe 200 yards wide, has a couple of really big, big oak trees, big den trees, and set up a, a call like we have on the table. And if you add a little bit of uh, visual appeal, we always use the quiver critter decoy. Okay. And we would call in the, uh, you know, final half hour-ish of, of daylight. Mm-hmm. And when you could pinpoint a den tree and get close to it and start out with, like, a raccoon squalor, fighting raccoon audio, mm-hmm. when they commit, they commit. It's not really something that, like, you know, if you're calling bobcats or something, you might set up for, you know, an hour, hour and a half on stand. This is like a 15, 30-minute thing. They're either home or they're not. They're interested or they're not. And when they're interested, they come quick. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. close do you have to set up the call to said tree? Yeah. I always feel like the closer, the better. Um, You you don't want to get so close that, like, when they peer out, they can't, can't, like, see straight. Like, you don't want to be straight under the tree. You want to get, like... 15, 20 yards out. Nobody wants to get jumped on. Right, exactly. Give them something where they can come out. They have that visual advantage. Picture like a bedded mule deer, you know, up on a ridge top where he can like see everything kind of like down below him. If you give him the visual advantage of coming up out of his den and looking, and if he sees the, in this case, like a quiver critter or some sort of decoy paired with that sound, that seems to be the, the perfect recipe to, to get him to kind of come out. Mm-hmm. So. What you described really was the one time that I did this many, many years ago. And this is, uh, you know, maybe not pre-Fox Pro, but it's what we had at the time. And it was like a Johnny Walker, like, tape-recorded, like, yep. coon, the Johnny The Johnny fight. Stewart. It, it, yeah. 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 Johnny yep. Stewart, that's what it was. It's got the, the, Johnny, deta- or the, the auxiliary boom thing, yeah. then the cord back. Yep. Johnny Walker might be scotch. I think so. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. I'll definitely. tell you what, I like both of them. Have enough of that, you can make all the calls. <laughs> <laughs> the Johnny Stewart. Yeah, yeah I can't believe I got that it. wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like we had some, uh, you know, kind of like uh, a creek bottom on the edge of a cornfield. Yep. Like it was kind of like all the things. And probably, some, you know, western Nebraska, not a lot of trees. Yeah. like Big cottonwood know, stands. Basically, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that that would cool actually, but it, it does make a lot of sense. I didn't realize that that would be something that you actually look for because obviously raccoons hang out in trees a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the more trees, the better. But then you're calling, you're, you're calling in an area where there can just be in any one of those trees. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 do you do like scouting for raccoons? Like you actually watch them go back up into a given tree or when there are so few, you're like, well, if they're going to be anywhere, they're going to have to be there. And so yeah. I'm just going to go and find the tree that has a big hole in it and just kind of yeah, we, we hunted, we did a lot of our raccoon hunting in areas that we also like deer or turkey hunted in. So, for example, we'd be in there in the fall, you know, bow hunting, and you would make a mental note like, hey, every time we hunt this stand at like first light or last light, you know, we're seeing a couple of raccoons come up and down this creek bed. Mm-hmm. You just kind of save that in your mental notes. And, you know, once bow season ends or deer season ends and you're looking for something to kind of beat cabin fever, this is a super fun way to, to do it. Yeah. I so mean, you think uh, in late fall? Yeah. Early spring, maybe. Yep. Oh. So in, in Wisconsin, we have, uh, we have season dates mm-hmm. on, on raccoons, whereas other states, I don't, don't quote me on this, but they're managed as a non-game species in other states. I want to say Iowa actually just switched to that. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure, meaning that you can hunt them at any time of year. In Wisconsin, you can't? 
No. But what if they're like a nuisance pest and all that stuff? Is that just like a different that I, together? That I don't know as far as like private property, yeah. like kind of essentially protecting your property. If there's yeah. you know some sort of damage, I, I don't know the actual rules yeah. on that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't I don't either. But they're, they're in Wisconsin, they're managed as a fur bear. Mm-hmm. So they have a season date of late October through early February. Feb, Feb 15 here. And just because where I hunted coons previously was in Nebraska, I checked theirs. And for I was actually, I was expecting it to be like a year-round, no-bag-limit thing. Yeah. But it appeared, again, always double-check yeah. the regs, but it looked like it, theirs ended on the, uh, well, on the 29th this yeah. year because there's actually a leap day 29th this year. Man, yeah, don't quote me on that, Iowa. See, drop the comments below. I'd be curious yeah. what, what their season structure looks like for, uh, for raccoons. That is something, though, that, you know, as we talk about, like, Mark, we were talking before we started recording, but like meso predators and, you know, any, any animal that's eat, preying on like turkey eggs or stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's definitely raccoon hunting and calling trapping is something that there seems to be a more diminished interest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, hide values aren't what they were right. you know, 30, 40 years ago. Not a whole lot of incentive other than just pure recreation if you want to put up some fur yourself just to exactly. have or yeah. so so with that like the interest has kind of gone gone down and populations are exploding because no one's really doing it so if you're looking for something fun to do during the winter months that's hopefully going to result in more turkeys on the landscape this is a great thing to do and it's fun to do too so yeah for sure for sure and i think it's like yeah there's been diminished diminished interest but i i would also venture to guess i mean as humans and agriculture and things like that, we've created prime coon habitat mm-hmm. for them to flourish, right? And and that can have an impact on, you know, nesting bird populations and, and I'm sure other things as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I got to go back to the, the tree thing because, so my neighbor and I went out and I, based on some of the war stories that I've heard of people going out and, and calling for coons, it made it seem like you walk out with a Fox Pro anywhere in the out of doors, mm-hmm. hammer coon fight, yep. and they'll come falling in like paratroopers. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And so we did that. This is the first time I'd gone out like to, to try calling in coons, and we did that. And we were between like a bunch of trees, but I put the thing in the middle of like the cornfield, sure. like the cut cornfield. And not a stir. Yeah. And I'm like, what come was- on, Eric's a big fat liar. <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, so I'm trying to think like, so if you're going to go, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in, in the tenses of other types of hunting. Yep. Usually you're very careful, obviously, about like making noise and scent yep. and all this other stuff. So if you're going 15 feet out from a tree that they're in, like how, when are you doing that? Are you doing that like when it's still... Are you doing all this stuff while it's still light out? Are you trying to do it like when it's like kind of dark? Is yeah. there is there a light daytime legal light for I'd raccoon? S- so many questions. I'd yeah, say yeah. when I've done it, I mean, and this is like somewhat coincidentally or maybe just intuitively, I've always done it like in the evening and then the first few hours of darkness. And then from what I've read, that's kind of the best time to go. Yeah. Or at least one of the best times and to go. And you just, like, if I'm going to hunt starting at, say, 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. or something. Yeah. Do I go and set up the thing underneath their tree at 4.55 and then just go back and sit? Or am I trying to set that thing up like at a better time when they're not going to be like, oh, they no, would have I've heard just, me? Or... I just go in when you go in and go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, a, a lot of times, like during, it, you know, you can call these things at high noon, sure. on, you know, broad daylight. But the key there is like, to, it, it all goes back to knowing where the den tree is. So like Jimmy talked, thinking about your place, there's that big oak tree on that lane. Yeah. If you got by Near that, the disc golf basket. Exactly, by the disc golf basket. That spot, I would, you know, I mean, it, you'd have to confirm it, but I would highly suspect for a raccoon to be denned up in that tree. If there's any, like, dead there's limbs. A big, giant, hollow hole in the middle of that Then I bet you there's a, a fella hanging out in there. Um, a fella. Fella, or yeah. several fellas. <laughs> but but that where I was going with that is you can go in, you know, it, on it, it, it's you're obviously more likely to call them in when they're most active dawn and dusk i even think on like the lighting thing there are rules against like shining lights in the tree like finding eye shine but you can use something like a thermal to yeah. spot them and then shoot them that way you can't just be like shining lights up in trees and shooting at eye shine that's I, a no-no i think that could vary by state though too. Yeah, i think it does but Back to calling them in the daytime. A lot of times, if they are, if you know where those dentries are, they're going to be in there sleeping. So what you want to do is is literally get that call set up, get the decoy set up, and your your goal is literally to wake them up and get them curious enough for them to pop their head out, get visual confirmation on that decoy, and hopefully then scurry down the tree and, and come in. I mean, it's really, like, it's interesting. Like, if I heard a fight going on outside my house, like, I'd poke my head out the window and have yeah, a look. yeah. Wait, I would also love it if you would then exit your front door and just be like coming in, yeah. seeing red. I'm joining this. Scuffle. Yeah, and that's where we do get into like weapon, you know, choices. So when uh, when when I would when I did it a couple of years ago, I had a, a Ruger 93 and 17 HMR. Mm-hmm. They also make that same rifle in uh, 22 mag. Do you own this gun? I don't, Ryan. I'm such an idiot. Wait, 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 wait. wait I sold wait, it. Wait. It was a 93R17 uh, with well, the full barrel. So, yeah, yes. Okay. Sorry, thought, what did I say? Ruger. Ruger. I thought you no, had no, a 96, no. which is a no, lever gun. Nope. Oh, God, I yes. was going to just... No. <sighs> yes, it was a Savage. <sighs> savage 9317 with the bull barrel. Yes. <laughs> okay, Look, proceed. Ryan, you're going to have... Are you okay? I'm on a gun thing right now, man. Yeah. You literally actually is going to have to leave soon to yeah. go back to a gun broker yeah, auction. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the, you know, a magnum rimfire is great if they do hang up in the trees and they're not coming out. One, if you're trying, if you're do, if you are saving pelts, like on the table here, uh, rimfire is going to be a lot more conducive to saving the pelts. You're not going to blow it away with a bunch of, you know, number sixes or something like that. But once they do commit, come down out of the tree and uh, start running in, that's when you would switch to a shotgun. I, I used, I have a Rossi Youth 410 that mm. I had number fours in, and when they would commit and come into the call, that 410 would put them down. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, yeah, I just, just to, I just used a 12-gauge. And you're, yeah. fight, you're fighting, like, danger close with these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, you you are you got to be set up to shoot them at, like, you know, 10 yards. There's, if you do a YouTube search, you'll find videos of these things literally, you know, coming by at, like, several feet just seeing red. Oh, okay. So, so I've got my lever gun 410 Henry, and that doesn't really have any provisions for a choke, but that shouldn't matter if I'm... No, oh, I think you'll be just fine. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Especially with those quick follow-up shots. That's, that's just it. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Like you said, when you watch, you know, some, some of those videos on YouTube, like, it's impressive, it's fun, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, And, and you do see a lot of daylight stuff, too. Like, people yeah. are doing, like, I think the evening hours, yeah, might be more productive, yeah. but... 
and it certainly it, can be done during the day. And I do think, like a lot of people, myself included, when I first started going, I watched. That's that's what got me into it was watching some of those videos on YouTube, and you see these things charging right in. So you go out there your first time, and that's what's in your mind is sure. these things are going to come torpedoing out of a tree yes. and run in. Whereas I can't confirm this, but I bet you a lot of folks, like when they do set up for like their first couple stands, even if they don't get one that charges right in, I bet the odds of one just peeking out its head out, getting a little bit curious are pretty high. So being like really intentional with like looking up into the treetops, bringing binos, scanning yep. up into there a little bit, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea because a lot of times you'll see them just pick their head up. Maybe they'll come out, they'll hang out on a limb. And uh, if they're not, you know, feeling coming in for a fight, they might just kind of hang out and watch. And if you don't, if you're not intentional glassing up or looking up into the treetops, you might miss it. Based on the overly, uh, overly dramatic, dramatized tales from Slinging Rick over here, <laughs> I pictured the ground would crawl. I think if you're, if you're on the X, and that's been my experience too, if you're, if you're on the X and they're there, yeah. they're coming. Yep. Like the the one time I did it, I like love it, that. like what you're talking about, Jim. Like that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. You'll see them literally. They they will jump out of the tree. Like they won't crawl down. Sometimes they'll crawl down, but sometimes they will literally jump. I mean, from, they'll they'll attack the call. They'll yeah. you know you know. Now I have watched on YouTube. Here I am. I'm being. Please don't take this as me talking as an expert because I'm basically just regurgitating what I've seen yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. We are raccoon curious. Yes, we are. Ver- Not raccoon experts. But that's the like- second time in two days that something curious has been <laughs> brought up on a podcast. <laughs> this is what's so fun. Like, this kind of goes back to where I started. Like, I love this conversation yeah. because we're having like a ton of like speculation. I think this, I've seen this, but then also it's like, then you got to go put it into practice yeah. and see what, and then you learn and you figure out like, oh, this worked. I thought this, but that actually didn't work. Anyway. One thing I have seen, though, is you do get coons that are maybe a little bit more timid. Mm-hmm. You know, they peek their head out, and they're just like, yeah, I'm not super into it. You know, if you are interested in, you know, recovering that animal, wait for it yeah. to commit to at least some sort of significant level so it's not going to just, like, fall, fall back, back yeah. into yeah. its den, and then you just lose it forever. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Do you want to talk about call sequences? So. Tactics? All I've ever used to call coons yeah. is just coon fight. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever, you know, and I've, I've got the call here, we can maybe play a little uh, a little clip of it. I've heard a real coon fight, and it was one of the most blood-curdling yeah. sounds. I didn't even know what it was at first. Yeah. I mean, we're like, what is going on over Their there? Their sound-making ability is impressive. And yeah. it, it was three coons just going at it, and uh, none of them made it out. But... <laughs> So that's what I that's what I've used, but I actually so I, I printed off a little thing here, one of my printouts again, and this is me just like telling you, you know, some things that other people are telling me. So I'm passing write, along did this you write information that on Microsoft Word and then print it. Oh, no. it's copy and paste. Oh, yeah, Got it's it. a just, it's a right click thing. I'll show you later, Jim. It's working on conservation. So this is from the Fox Pro website. I don't have the author, so I won't be able to credit the author, but you can find this information on the Fox Pro website, so hopefully that's enough of a credit to yeah, the, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. It, what, what is that? Your bibliography or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Something like your, that. Your professor, your, will, your professor will accept that. Yeah. AP style. This guy says, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is official AP style. This guy <laughs> says, uh, I like to start out calling with a food call that is non-threatening and in the case of coons, I like bird calls as a starting point. In particular, I like Fox Pro's chicken in distress. 
woodpecker, blue jay, starling, magpie, partridge, quail, and mallard ducks. Which I thought that was interesting. Like he's going on, he's looking at it from kind food, of like food source from a food source, yeah. Yeah. and almost how I would typically like start calling coyotes in a way. Perhaps. Sure, yeah. If I had, he goes on to say, if I had to choose just one of those, it would most definitely be the chicken in distress. There's a hot tip for you. I'll use this call first because it has the potential to call in large and small coons regardless, regardless of where they are, male or female. They just see it as an easy meal. If I've not had any response, so he's kind of going, he's kind of layering in his calls to like maybe like, you know, a little bit more subtle and then ramping it up. I will usually switch fairly quickly to Fox Pro's raccoon puppies. This call will usually bring in adults and both males and females may respond. And then uh, kind of, so his last resort in a way is my first resort but yeah, then he transitions fight. to the coon fight and like yeah. all right let's go yeah mm. yep raspy woodpecker is another one i don't know that he had that one in there but it, that it was okay. I, something something woodpecker was in there yeah but yeah so like i'd I be mean, curious it probably i mean it probably depends on your environment too like you know for example if you're nearer to maybe an urban environment like my neighbor had a raccoon just get in and mess up one of his cats one time oh sure you know like would a would a distressed cat called oh i think so maybe. yeah yeah definitely can confirm not with raccoons but with coyotes that if you're near that urban area yeah. where a lot of people have cats that is that's the finisher that's right there. <laughs> okay. and uh that can be a good sound if you if you do any work with open read calls you can figure out how to make the mew sound oh yeah yeah we just call it kitty mew and that's usually a death sentence if there's if there's a critter in the area that frequently snacks on what's it, Felis familiaris. I mean, I just that's what I was going to go with. We've been using cat thus far. Well, I mean, teach your own, but that works really good. I've never had a need for a 22 mag. Oh, you, this a, is it. a good one. This is but I, I've, we always talk about going coon hunting. You've got a Savage Model 24. Yeah, but it's not a what 22 is that? mag. I know, it's not. but... You've got the best of both worlds. 22 LR in the right spot. Deadly combo. Okay. That's what brought this old boy down. I mean, Rick is, this is potential BC record. Beautiful animal. (laughs) The Palominos. It's got to be like a 38-pounder. That's a big raccoon. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, I've killed coons with a 22 before. I've also found that, yeah, if you can get a very uh, reliable shot to the brain, that's a fantastic way to do it. It's more than adequate. This is a pretty big animal. It's large. You know, they can be, right? The colors are cool. Yeah. Because it's not your standard, like, gray. Yeah. I I think um, I wouldn't tell somebody not to hunt coons with a 22. I think there are better options. Oh, sure. I, I believe, Yes. Yeah. 22 long rifle, I'm saying. 20, 22 mag would be a good one. I um, wish that I would have actually gotten some to come in because then I could have showed you what a 60 green VMAX would have done. Oh. Well, what were you, maybe, I what were you? Had any, maybe I wouldn't have been able to show you. Cause yeah. maybe it's just it would have just been like a, just a phone picture. Yeah. There yeah. used to be a it's raccoon here. Confirmation of death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, got him. What, uh, what rifle were you using, Jim? My 18-inch AR. Oh, okay. It's what I usually just keep a thermal on top. We were actually going for coyotes, and then I was like, let's switch to the raccoon call. They'll come parachuting in. <laughs> it'll look like it'll look like saving private ryan or you know all of a sudden the thermal is just lit up with heat just sources, heat sources emanating from the sky i think jim might think raccoons have more technology 
than they do. You would can, swear. Can you confirm you, they don't? Though? Can you confirm yes, that they? You can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you? I've never I'll, seen a raccoon with a I'll, parachute. I'll never forget. Okay. There's there's only one way I can picture the raccoon that I found in our barn getting down from where it was. Fact. Yes. And it was with a parachute. Fair enough. Or a complex repelling. They're crafty so it critters. Was, it was. It was. 40 to 50 feet in the air, probably 50 feet in the air, laying, hammocking on a single two-by-four, stretched across two trusses with absolutely no perceivable way to actually have gotten to it. So I'm convinced they teleport and or float and or have jetpacks. I cannot believe you didn't help him down. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to shoot a hole in my roof. That's where the twenty-two comes in. You know what else would work really good for coons? Pistol caliber carbines. There's an idea. Yep. And I guess why I said that, I, I don't think you're going to, you know, you shoot a big coon in the body, like I don't think you're going to get a significant pass through. Well, yeah. all I had to see was four feet that were, that were just hanging over oh. the two-by-four. Oh, yeah. That's when you put it right up through that two-by-four. When by you four, actually make this a three-dimensional raccoon again and you put it on top of a two-by-four perfectly with its little feet dangling off, there's not much to shoot at yeah. other than just four feet. Kind of becomes He's literally shielded he his shielded vitals. He shielded himself <laughs> with his vitals with a two-by-four. Brilliant. Yeah, he, he lacks bone structure. At this point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fairly void of bones. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, when you take the hide off, that is, yeah. the, uh, that is the result. Minus the hide and the fur and the defining features, I think we have about what we would see if it was a 60-green V-Max. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Instantly becomes a rug. Well, let's do it. Yeah, I'm in. And then we'll cook them. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Oh, ex- we didn't even. Well, that's just a whole other thing. But mm-hmm. I've heard that there actually can be mini bears, man. Despite the yeah. fact that man, just I wouldn't eat one of them city city raccoons. No. No. I'd try it. I've never eaten one. Have you eaten one? You've not eaten. A oh yes. I remember, Hungar- a- Hungarian grandmother. True. If you wanted to eat everything from snapping turtle to coot to raccoon, muskrat, beaver. All major food groups. Yep. <laughs> yep. Lots of feral, food. feral pigeon. You made a heck of a food pyramid. I mean, that sounds fine. Like, pigeons, like, that sounds good to me. Yeah. We, remember when I dusted that pigeon out here? That thing was a beautiful... Oh, yeah. <sighs> Do you got to cook these suckers like bears, you know, yeah. when we're going about the, yeah. the trick? They're, they're fairly, fairly parasitic. Fairly. Yeah. I would assume. It's All good. Right. All right. Well, Shall be yeah, let's get it on the books and do it. All right. We don't have uh, much time, but this is a great time to do it. It's yeah. a little bit, you know, most big game seasons are, you know, winding down in a pretty big way. It's kind yep. of that. I that would say if you get if you get a little warm spell in this, like, January, February oh, yeah. time frame, like right. if you get that 40, 40, yeah, 40, man, yeah. that's it. That's what you're looking for. So when you're, you're driving home at night and, like, every exposed dirt clod in a field is a raccoon. There's a raccoon there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw one the other day on my actually on my way to work, just like cruising the edge of a of a cornfield. Drop a pin on it. I should have. Right before, and you mentioned this, Eric, and I knew it, but it was just like right before Christmas. I mean, we, dude, it was like. In Could the you 40s, imagine 50, walking in? If, if we had gone then, we, Christmas dinner, you just got like a solid thirty pound raccoon. I think, kids, table. I think that would get me kicked out of my Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> Best case scenario, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> then you just go back outside. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you have any just insane 
coon hunting, coon calling tips, let us know. We are we're eager to le- learn here. Uh, and yeah, just another great kind of uh, opportunity that a lot of folks don't take advantage of. So if you have, please share your knowledge, and we'll report back with our findings. Hopefully we find some raccoons. I hope you are raccoon curious as well, because we oh. are. There's one out a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you, or maybe call you, on the next one. Call me. Call me. Goodbye.